if you look at the number of companies that were founded in the 1800s in this business relative to most other industries, uh, this is a very old business. I'm pleased today to have someone on who we've been trying to get scheduled for a while now, and that's Adrian Jones, and he is partner at HSCM Ventures. Welcome, Adrian. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it, Josh. Yeah. Well, let's get right into it. Maybe you could just provide a bit of your background and how it led to you uh, joining HSCM in your current role. Yeah, thanks, Joshua. Um, so uh, I'm a partner here at HSCM Ventures, and we can talk about HSCM and HSCM Ventures in a few minutes. But uh, I grew up in Indiana. I did a lot of child labor when I was young. I built my own little businesses around the neighborhood, and I knew that that was something that I always wanted to do. So after school, I went to Bain, and I spent 10 years there over a number of different offices, including uh, a stint at business school. Uh, and ended up in insurance. Uh, in fact, they said one day, uh, get on a train, uh, go to this location, ask for this person, and you'll get some further instructions. And that was my introduction to the reinsurance business. HSCM has been around since 2016, founded by Mike Millette uh, when he came out of Goldman Sachs. Uh, we are about $4 billion in assets under management right now, having just acquired Northern Shipping. So we do uh, transportation and insurance, uh, both of which are global capital-intensive regulated businesses. You know, I think there's a variety of, 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 of players at this stage who, um, you know, would call themselves venture investors or maybe CVCs in uh, with an insure tech focus or at least one element of their their, their strategies focus on insure tech. So, you know, how would you maybe compare yourselves or, you know, what, what niche would you say uh, HSCM fits into within the, the broader insure tech investing landscape? I think for us, uh, you know, I, I have a background uh, as an operator in the insurance business. Uh, my partner, Vikas, uh, comes from the life world and the structured uh, finance world. Uh, you know, Mike Millette, uh, I think, kind of needs no introduction to people who've been in the insurance world for a while. Um, and so, uh, you know, that's that's who we are. Um, we uh, we like to work with uh, top quality founders, as of course everybody says they do, um, and we like to help them build their businesses. And so, for people that that resonates with, those are the sort of founders that that we tend to work with. So, in terms of um, you know the current environment, um, you know there have been some significant changes over the last uh, you know three months, six months or so. You know, how is that, uh, you know, sort of in your perspective, maybe not necessarily from an investment strategy point of view, but just your perspective overall kind of, you know, impacted the industry and how you think about it? What we're seeing in InsureTech is fairly similar to what we are seeing in other parts of the innovation economy, um, where uh, we are seeing less funding, smaller deals, more focus on cash generation, uh, you know, getting to cash flow break even, um, more focus among uh, investors on 
shoring up their portfolio companies and making sure that their portfolio companies can continue to survive and thrive. Uh, we're seeing all of those things in the marketplace in InsureTech, but also much more broadly. What we're seeing in InsureTech and what we're seeing in the broader innovation economy have tended to track one another. I think that the story here is less about insurance and more about just everything happening in the broader economy that we're getting swept up in. You know, without getting into specific companies, I think it's pretty clear looking backwards that, you know, some chunks of venture money were really being used to fund losses. Do you think people understood that they were funding losses when they were making those investments and just believed, you know, these businesses could evolve the way venture funded businesses did in under other industries in the way you were describing? Uh, insurance carriers have very different economics. Uh, an insurance carrier is running a margin, you know, if you think of the combined ratio, uh, the combined ratio is typically in the high 90s, if not north of 100 for a lot of companies, particularly in personal lines. Um, so much thinner margin businesses. Uh, but not only that, uh, customer acquisition in many cases proved to be quite expensive. You ended up with a generation of early businesses that I think you know, some of the backers perhaps thought that they were investing in SaaS, and it turns out that insurance is very different. You know, I think there's a somewhat simplistic rule of thumb that, you know, founders will get advised, well, if capital's cheap, then, you know, take all the capital you can and focus on growth and worry less about the bottom line. And then, you know, when capital becomes more scarce, then tighten up a bit. Do you, do you sort of agree with those principles? And, and is there anything you know, about the insurance business or insure tech that, that might, might change the thinking in those areas? My advice to founders is, uh, you know, maintain a steady hand on the till, uh, sorry, on the tiller. Um, yeah. You know, you, you don't necessarily, uh, we shouldn't be reacting to every headline that comes out because again, these are 10 year businesses uh, that, that people are trying to build at least. Um, but at the same time, it's important to recognize that, yeah, the economy does change, the cost of capital changes, the availability of capital changes, uh, what investors are interested in changes as well, probably more than I expected before I got into this business. Um, and so therefore, uh, adapting in some ways is probably wise. I think there was one that particularly caught my attention when a company raised, you know, a nine-figure sum and announced simultaneously that they were laying off a big chunk of their workforce. So, you, you know, does something like that shock shock you, or how do you maybe think about that talent piece a little bit more and make those decisions as to, you know, when 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 you cut and who you cut? In some cases, entrepreneurs have gone to venture markets recently and have said. Uh, here is my original business plan. Here is how I am going to revise that business plan going forward. Uh, would you fund the revised business plan? Uh, and in some cases, they have gotten uh, more uh, love for the revised plan than the original plan. And sometimes that revised plan includes stopping some things which had been done previously, or uh, you know, perhaps they were looking to get into new markets that they're they're going to pull back on. Uh, perhaps they were spending too heavily on certain things they just couldn't continue to do. Um, and so these these kind of more revised, focused business plans uh, can happen. Um, and and so you do see these sort of strange things where it's like, well, wait a minute, if they just raised a bunch of money, why are they laying off people? You know, I, I think frankly that's why.
are there certain things you look for in 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 founders or you know leaders of 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 businesses as indicators that they sort of you know have the intestinal fortitude to do the hard things <laughs> uh, yeah there's there's a lot of research out there and a lot of thinking about what makes a great founder uh, and if it were so easy my job would be a lot easier uh, Great founders come in all shapes and sizes. They come from all backgrounds. They come from all parts of the world. Um, you know, there's there's founders that come out of Stanford Business School and they've got great connections and they see the world in a certain way. Uh, and then there's founders that, uh, you know, come from uh, starting at the very bottom of the business and just work their way up over time. Uh, and they, they learn the business uh, from the bottom up. Um, you know, there's founders that are straight out of school. There's founders that have 40 years of experience. And uh, in my experience, all of those uh, types of people can be successful. Um, before we run out of time here, I think, you know, one of the things that had caught my attention goes all the way back to when you uh, joined Hudson, you wrote a thought piece talking about the move and talking about uh, sort of your view on why this is an industry that you want to invest in and be part of, you know, over a fairly long horizon here. You know, the 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 sort of key elements of that thinking, you know, has anything changed? Do you, do you still fundamentally believe that the the things you wrote then are true today, and 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 you know, still sort of drive your interest and excitement in the sector? the idea that people capital and technology can come together either in new companies or working with existing companies uh, in order to solve problems and make this industry work better for consumers i think is absolutely something that i still believe and it's why i do this business uh, to support people who are doing that i'm curious sort of about your feel of the push from the insurtechs versus a mindset of pull from the carriers to really want to innovate and improve no carrier is going to admit to being a, a you know a follower, a distant follower. What you often hear is this term "fast follower," and the emphasis in "fast follower" is "follower." Um, I, I think it's actually a, a pretty bad term to be using. Um, uh, you know, there's a lot of smart people in the incumbent uh, business here, but culturally. Uh, you know, this is again a business which has been operated more conservatively than most other industries, and there's actually data that supports that, uh, and and that cuts both ways. Um, there are definitely companies out there, and, and I can think of several. Unfortunately, I can't name them publicly, but I can think of several who are actually really, really good at taking advantage of the technology and the opportunities that present themselves. Uh, and frankly, I think those are companies that are going to be long-term winners. And again, those companies come in all sorts of different shapes and sizes and exist in all different parts of the world. All right, great. Well, anything that we didn't cover that you'd like to add before we wrap up, Adrian? You know, there's a lot of opportunities and paths for people to find and build a career in this business. And I think staying close to the evolution of technology is a really good way for people to find their way into leadership roles. Um, because 
that is what the industry needs. I think people increasingly recognize that throughout the industry. And I think that talent is going to continue to be in demand for a long time to come. So yeah, I just, I encourage people, raise your hand. Um, Find the opportunities. Uh, look, if nobody in your organization is going to InsureTech Connect, for instance, raise your hand and say, you know, I'm going to go there. I'm going to meet as many people as I possibly can. I'm going to listen to everything that I can get a hold of, and I'll send her under a report afterwards describing what I heard. Um, you know, just things like that. That's how I got started. Uh, I think that's how a lot of careers get started in uh, in technology and insurance. Uh, and that's how cultural change starts to happen. Uh, and that's when people, I think, are identified as, oh, wow, this is a person who's got a lot of potential here. So again, it's Adrian Jones, partner at HSCM Ventures. Thanks so much for being on. Cheers. Bye-bye.